Welcome to the official. We got a great show for you this week. Of course we do. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the updates from what's going on in the high school scene. So we've been doing this periodically every two to three weeks during the season, keeping you up to speed. What's going on? Who is rising? Who's falling? Who's living up to expectation? Who's not living up to expectations? Who's injured? Maybe sometimes production is taking a hit because of injury and all of that coming up this week on our show we got the whole team here without further ado this is the official All right, all right. Welcome in, gents. We are about to go into our high school update. I love this show. It's keeping everyone up, you know, up to speed, what's going on in real time or as close as we can get. Um, before we do that, let me shout out homefieldapparel.com, our partner in crime. Uh, if you haven't been to their website, you need to go check it out. If you love college football, if you're watching this show, you do love college football. And so, therefore, you need to go look at all their apparel, whether it's the team that you follow, your alumni, or just a cool mascot. They have every single team you could really imagine from the college ranks. And that goes down into, you know, FCS and below, other divisions, all sorts of teams. And what they do is they work with the school to come up with a logo and a motif and a, and a, a design that really keeps in check uh, the school's history and tradition and color scheme, but also does give a unique look than anything you're going to find anywhere else. So it's homefieldapparel.com, shirts, pants, um, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, you name it, and go tool around on their site. If you haven't been there before, go ahead and enter Campus2Canton, that's with a number two as your promo code, get 15% off your first purchase. Additionally, you got to check out campuscanton.com. If you're watching the video or listening on the podcast, you want to go see everything else we have to offer at campuscanton.com. <clears throat> um, every tool, every listing, every ranking, every article you need to master the college fantasy football side as well as the NFL side and the leagues that do both, such as the namesake, a Campus to Canton League. So go check that out. Now, without that, or with, with that all being said, we can now talk about the high school goings on this week and last two weeks. One name we are not shy about talking about that we've talked about all year long, who's having an absolutely insane senior season, is DJ Lagway. Now, I could talk about him quite a bit. He's going to my alma mater, at least fingers crossed. He's committed there, and it won't, there won't be a decommitment in our future. But Matt, I'll throw it to you. You know, we can watch the video. You can bring us out, you know, some things that you saw. But really, putting in context, what are we seeing with DJ Lagway this year? And, you know, does that make a difference as to what you thought about him just six months ago when he was kind of an interesting guy? But what he's doing on the field this year is just nuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just he's really just looked a lot more cleaned up. I mean, he's, you know, his completion percentage has shot up in just this game alone. Uh, 86% completion, 543 yards, five touchdowns, and uh, six carries, 43 rushing yards, and another rushing touchdown on top of it. 
so I mean, he's just come out and he's dominating. Like this team isn't you know a particularly good team. They have a, a seven power rating on a uh, max preps, which is not good. Ranked outside the top five hundred in Texas, and uh, you know a lot of this competition is kind of near that area. But uh, I mean, you can't knock him for it, really. I, it's it, he's just continued to improve year after year. Uh, I just pulled it up now. He's actually a flat 10% uh, increase in his completion percentage last year, 67%, and this year, 77%. And I think that just really shows in, in the, the actual plays that you get to see. I mean, he's just looking a lot better. The arm is, you know, it's right up there with Rayola's in this class. is amongst the best. And uh, on top of that, he has, you know, better mobility than Rayola. So I, I think he is definitely making a pretty strong push to be the quarterback one in this class. Uh, I mean, the upside is there, and, and I mean, now he's just looking so much better. He was able to make the top 11 in the lead 11 too, although he did have a up and down uh, you know, few days there. So I just think there's a lot to like, and he just has so much momentum going for him right now. Yeah, I mean, all that's music to my ears. David... Uh, do you agree? Disagree? Are you know? Are you thinking up for for all the class? I mean, for a long time it was Dylan Rayola in a class of his own, and then Saiyan started sneaking up in there. I think uh, I know you and I. I think Matt too maybe has Saiyan in there, kind of as a, a tier of the two. Where is DJ Lagway pushing to to burst that bubble and make it a, a threesome at the top of the QB rankings this year? I definitely think it's a threesome, and. He has the mobility that Rayola doesn't have, and he has the arm that Stan doesn't have. So if you really look at his profile, it's pretty complete compared to those two. But I would say he's a little behind mechanically, footwork-wise, and some other stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it seems like something he could definitely clean up over time. Um, so I think like his ceiling might be the highest, I feel like. It's... It's got. I mean, it's really close. I think his ceiling's got to be definitely higher than Sands because Sand doesn't really have much of a physical profile. Um, and you know, Rail, like we said, not much of a, not super mobile, but obviously his arm talent's pretty crazy. So I don't know. It's it'll it's a little bit of a race here. You know, I think that makes things exciting. Um, I was talking to someone the other day who you know, it's kind of just asking about the QBs in general in this class. I said, well, I think there's three. And I, and it kind of just came out of my mouth. I didn't even, you know, realize it because for so long we've been saying two, but I think there, I think, you know, Lagway with just the production is just otherworldly this year. And we liked the tools. And so now that the efficiency is showing up, uh, regardless of competition, regardless of his school, you know, you watch those clips, like the time it's on the money. He's hitting these guys in stride. He, I do think mechanically is improving. I think he still has little ways to go there, but it's improving. His release is quick. It's strong. Uh, you know, we've always said from the get-go, he can throw from multiple arm angles. Um, he's got a lot of what you're asking of what any of us would ask a prep QB to have, you know, headed into college now. And it looks like some of those, you know, that that hodgepodge of tools is kind of starting to congeal in one unit that's kind of all working together for him, uh, which, you know, I really like. The future is very bright for DJ Lagway. Okay. And just, uh, I think Matt talked about his completion percentage last game and uh, some of the stats he's putting up, but just like routinely going for, you know, four or five 
sometimes 600 total yards and like four TDs minimum. I know he had one game with like eight TDs, just kind of nuts. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about some running backs. That's really the only QB update we have this week um, of note. Uh, but we have some running backs that I think are are making some moves and uh, interesting. Cameron Jones, a guy that I really liked in the summer and have, you know, you know, he's basically forced my hand to kind of drop him because he just wasn't performing. Although very nice game, David, against uh, made or die, which is a, I don't know if I said that right, but um, a pretty powerhouse program out in California. Uh, tell us what you saw this week. And if that changes your opinion, because I think I was the highest one on him and I had to drop him. So I know you guys are probably off. Cameron Jones. He's a big bodied running back who shows a little uh, ability in the receiving game too. Yeah. He's like squarely in my tier three right now. Um, so apparently, and this is the context we didn't have before was that uh, he had an, he had an operation on his knee in the off season. And so like the first four games or so, you know, he only averaged like four yards per carry and, I think it was just kind of getting his legs back, getting back into the swing of things. And now like these last four games is he's, you know, he's over a hundred yards per game, each game, um, which is a big deal at Bosco because they have so much talent. It's, it's, there's only one ball and there's so many good, good guys. So it's, that's definitely impressive. Um, so he's just right back on track to, and I, like I've already talked about, I really like the fit at UCLA. Um, but I should just, re over the last four games, it's, he's got 53 carries, 485 yards, six touchdowns. I think he had a receiving touchdown there they showed. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and he's, he's a good athlete, too. Um, he's not a multi-sport guy, which is pretty rare. So that kind of, like, drags, that kind of drags down his uh, athlete score but he's in a 65th percentile and he's just an absolute unit so yeah um, 230 or 240 something like that i mean just absolutely massive um i think in our like you said going to ucla i think in our perfect world he is a zach charbonnet level you know type guy which would be fantastic for college fantasy and you know he did get drafted he's not doing much since first year in the nfl but he got drafted in the second round so we would not sneeze at that at all if that's kind of his you know what 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 is in the future for cameron jones there out in, in ucla uh matt young cardenas a guy we've all liked for quite a while um you know kind of continuing to work his way back from injury but it's really looked great since coming back and uh tell us now what you're seeing with Johan cardenas an update here we keep getting good news for him and um going to vanderbilt uh at least right now but if he keeps performing, who knows if he gets a new offer uh, sometime between now and December? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were a bit worried the first you know couple of weeks of the season when you know we didn't see anything about him playing. And then when he came back, he still had the brace on uh, on his you know on his knee that he tore his ACL on uh, late last season, and uh, he's really just you know been a rocket out of the gates. Ninety-one carries, nine hundred nine rushing yards, and ten touchdowns in five games. Uh, that's you know, extremely good. Uh, there's a play on here. That I think uh, we got him at 21.2 miles per hour, you know, fresh off an ACL, higher Ooh, than his one hander. max. Yeah, he's like three or four one-handers, actually, in his uh, high, highlight reel so far, which is pretty impressive. Much better hands and much better receiver than I think most would expect. 
Um, and actually, I just love the Vanderbilt spot. Really, I think you can just go in there and you know start day one, even over Cedric Alexander. Or, uh, I believe he's has Alexander being the bulk of the carries. Uh, it doesn't. Um, Either way, I, yeah. I think he can come in and be the guy there. Um, and yeah, just good to see him coming off of that. 97th percentile athlete in our database. I believe that's the highest running back score currently. Uh, so I just think there's a lot to like there, especially as a CFF asset to his you know, day two uh, upside, I believe. Yeah, so Alexander's getting kind of... Uh, it's really Alexander and, and this guy Patrick Smith, who I'm not too familiar with. Looks like he's a junior. Um, and then Cedric Alexander, neither one of them very efficient, both around four yards per carry. Cedric Alexander... Uh, Alfred, you're muted. That's weird. How long was I muted for the whole time? Uh, about 10 seconds. I wasn't because oh. the video was up. I couldn't I tell my, if, I think if my, my headphones head. messed up or you just weren't they talking. Have, my headphones may have messed up. But anyway, show must go on. Uh, I think he's a guy that, you know, if you're in a league with us, you're probably going to see him drafted. But in uh, quite a few leagues, I wonder if he'll even get drafted, partly because of the Vanderbilt. I think he's a three-star, so he's, like, not going to be yeah, – he's not, he's not rated super high. I believe on three is the highest on him, and they have him, like, 18 or something like that. So He's the a, he's a kind of guy that you could probably wait on. Um, but, you know, depending on when your draft is next year and stuff, like, he's the kind of guy to me, if you start getting some whispers in spring – uh, I don't know if he'll be on campus by then, but like, like Damian Martinez, I mean, Damian Martinez showed up at Oregon state and he was immediately getting first team reps and everyone's like, Oh, this guy's good. And so, you know, this, the snowball starts rolling pretty much from there. So I think, I think uh, Cardenas is the kind of guy, if you start hearing some whispers right away, when he steps on campus, like bump him way up because this could be a right out of the gate scenario. Just like you said, Matt. Uh, <clears throat> all right. I, I want to talk about James Peoples. I mean, I'll throw it to you, David, as the tape is rolling, but James Peoples is a guy I've been thinking about quite a bit in this running back class. And, you know, he has, he's back from an injury now looking good. And I think, I think I've, I've changed a little bit on, on my original thoughts, but, uh, David, what are you seeing here back from injury looking good right away? And I don't really know what the injury was. I don't. I, I looked everywhere. Maybe Matt knows. Um, I did notice that he was we he was wearing like a compression sleeve on like his right lower leg that he didn't wear last year. So I don't know if it had something to do maybe with like a calf or something. But um, he yeah he just came right out of the gates. He's averaging I think all purpose yards about two hundred and thirty five yards, um, seven touchdowns in just the two games he's played so far. Um, I should mention that he, while he does play in Texas, the competition isn't really that good. I think it's 5A, but like his SOS last year was like, I think two or something. Uh, so I'll take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but I mean, I don't know. Alfred, you can chime in, talk about what you think about him. I've kind of talked about it a decent amount. I, I really don't know what to do with these Ohio State guys because I do yeah. think both, I think Lyle, and peoples are good. Um, 
I just think you have to be really good to like avoid a committee at a, at a school like Ohio State. So that's the part where I really struggle with. I don't know exactly what to do, where to put these guys. Um, and as far as like athletically, like we have James Peoples in, I think he's 59th percentile. Yeah, which somewhere. is or 57th percentile, which is it's fine, but you know, it's in the class, it's like 99th. It ranks 99th out of just running backs for the class. So just something to keep in mind. But yeah, give me your give me your thoughts, Alfred. Yeah, so I mean, you know, this is a guy that I've been saying all along that he's just kind of he's fine. Like you said, he's fine. And, you know, I think athletically that remains the same, like you just said, but he does hit 21 miles an hour on a breakaway run. I mean, we like that. Uh, At least 21 says you can probably break away from safeties, even at the next level, uh, you know, if you get that full runway. So it's like not a limiting factor. I think I've come to kind of maybe think that this guy might be one of the safer running backs in this class, in a class that we can't seem to find a running back that we really love. Um, Everyone's got question marks. I know Cam Davis has been routinely drafted at the front of our leaderboard, at the front of our drafts, you know, first running back off the board in many of our drafts. And um, he but he plays like wildcat QB. I mean, we haven't seen him catch the ball at all. We haven't seen him like line up you know, behind the line of scrimmage really have to read blocks. I mean, I think, you know, he's a good athlete. We like what he can do with the ball in his hand, but I think there's some questions there, uh, some risk. Will he transition to be a full-blown tailback? Um, But James Peoples just kind of hangs around. He's performing really well. He's in Texas. Uh, We like that, you know, for uh, these prospects because even if the talent, quote-unquote, is not – super elite. It's still Texas high school football. They take it incredibly serious. I think they're prepared. I think their mentality translates pretty well to the next level for most of these guys, just because they treat Friday nights in Texas, like they're going to be need to treat Saturdays in college. Um, that's a little bit, you know, kind of narrative street, but I, I think James Peoples is good. Like, I think he's a better overall running back than the, his, his classmate who's good, but I think Peoples shows some good, quick uh short area quickness i think he shows some some quality like balance he's a good runner of the ball he's shown some ability to catch the ball um and in this class he's over 200 pounds too like he's not small he's listed i think somewhere as, at 190 but we have him at 202 i think i think he's over 200 pounds i just think he's like he's good he's going to a powerhouse program um the only question is if he's just flat out not good enough to get carries or never commands, you know, a full workload at Ohio State, that could limit him. But he's going to have opportunity and he's going to a good program that's going to beef him up and get him ready to play at the next level. And he seems to be kind of a guy who can do it all. Like if he's over 200 pounds, he could be a bell cow, so to speak. And what I mean by that is just like a guy that you don't have to take off the field on third downs. You can see in that clip we just showed, he's got a little bit of pass protection ability already. Um, you know, I just like, he was, he's always been a little mad, but, but everybody in this class to me is a little mad. Like there's no running back. We're like thrilled to draft as evidenced by sometimes we don't even take one in the first round of our mocks. Like that's crazy to me, but there's just nobody that we love. And so James Peoples has become a guy that like, I feel like I'm going to want to start targeting. I feel like you can take him in a draft 
and feel pretty confident that in two or three years, you're going to have a usable running back. And I'm just not sure there's a lot of guys in this class you can say that about. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I've landed on him. I think he's safe. Do I think he's like the next, you know, Maurice Claret stud freshman starter? No, I don't. But I think he's pretty safe running back. Matt, am I way off base here? Or what do you think? Uh, any other additional thoughts on James Peoples here? Uh, I, I would say you're probably playing a bit too safe uh, in that regard. I, I I think him and Lyles are, you know, about the same level of talent. Uh, and I don't think either are very super high end talents. They're just both, you know, good. I mean, uh, especially Lyle, he's, you know, producing very, very well against the top competition in Florida, uh, averaging over 10 yards per carry again this season. And I actually like his tape a little bit more going into this year. Uh, so I, I don't think that, you know, people is the clear talent. So I, I, it's hard for me to be like, okay, I don't think this guy's going to go draft, get drafted day two. You know, not very likely if you're not going to be a full-time starter at Ohio State at least. And then on top of that, he's not really going to be a CFF asset because I don't think he's going to be the lead tailback at Ohio State. So uh, it's just if I'm looking for a CFF option, I think there's much better. If I'm looking for Delvey options, I think there's much better much later. Uh, so, yeah, it's just not, not a guy I'll be targeting. Fair enough, fair enough. That's, that's some good uh, – I think that's reasonable cold water to throw on what I just said. Um, <clears throat> So uh, then we move on to Gabe Winowitz. This is a guy we've been talking about for quite a while. He's one of uh, – he'll be on the freak list, right? Isn't he a bit freaky as an athlete, this guy? Um, yeah, out of New Jersey. Um, you know, I think he's over 200 pounds. He's shorter quickness. I think if I remember correctly, it's kind of off the charts, his agility numbers. And you can see it in the tape. Um, we don't have a video, but uh, anything you want to want to add, Matt, since you're from up in that area? Uh, yeah, I mean, he just transferred out of uh, the, the Detroit area. He's uh, enrolling early at Rutgers, so he just you know moved down just on a whim and just oh, nice. uh, is playing high school ball there on the same team as uh, AJ Saras, another uh, New Jersey or uh, another Rutgers commit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's just been doing really good from what you can tell. At least we only have stats from two games, but his last game, eleven carries, hundred twenty-two yards, three touchdowns. Uh, you know, playing, you know, not very good New Jersey. There is good competition in Jersey, but he's not playing it. Uh, but, you know, he's producing at least. He's a freak athlete. And uh, something that we didn't know before that uh, we haven't brought up in any of the other shows, that he's the little brother of uh, former Michigan edge rusher Chase Winowich. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense, Michigan and the same last name, but I, I'd never put it together until I, did, I saw it. Uh, has had a decent NFL career. I think it kind of a yeah, spot. The Patriots. Yeah. yeah, like a spot like a situational defender for the Patriots though. And he's played mm -hmm. yeah, pretty good athlete yeah. too, though. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, David, you added Jules golf, a pit commit. Um, looks like he's breaking records over there. Do we want to keep an eye on him? We haven't talked about him at all. I think he's probably most likely a committee guy at Pittsburgh. All the, like their depth chart isn't anything too impressive, but I just thought it would be fun to bring him up. I, I just, you know, it was a, there was a record standing for 48 years at his high school. He just broke the rushing um, record. Um, he passed 3,354 yards. Um, career or? Yeah, I know our list for a career. Okay. Okay. Um, which honestly, is that like, I don't know. I've seen plenty higher in like other areas of, of the country. Yeah, I mean, the record is probably a lot higher than that, but still, it's good yeah. for him. 
Yeah, so it's just something that I thought was fun to note. And I know our listeners like to scout for themselves. So it's just it's just the guy to check out if you like him. Um, he's super productive. And I think he's 59th percentile athlete, which is solid. That's good enough. That'll get you in the conversation. All right, Jules Goff going to Pittsburgh. And we, we know they like to run the ball. Um, so that's a good landing spot for fantasy running backs. All right, Mika Hudson. Uh, Matt, I'll throw it to you, but we got our weekly Mika Hudson highlight. He's been just going absolutely ham all season long, averaging 22 yards per reception. He has almost a thousand yards in eight games, also producing on the ground and take it away for Mika Hudson. I think we have a, a clip here. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said everything that I can say about him at this point, but I mean, just the after the catch ability is just insane. And, uh, I, I really, I feel like that's the big thing that really separates him as being a, a higher caliber wide receiver to me than Jeremiah Smith. Is Watch it? I, I think he is. The Jukes, yeah. but the acceleration right there. Holy crap. That is unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I, I don't know at this point, like what more you could possibly want from him, you know? Yeah. That's why. Go ahead. I was just going to, I have to ask you, Alfred, what you, because I know you're really big into the Blue Bloods thing. What do you think about him going to Texas Tech? Does that knock him down for you at all? I, it sounded like you had Mylon Graham ahead of him. Um, I don't know where you have him. Yeah, I had Mylon Graham, I think, slightly ahead. It's weird, but in the NIL era, I think these, these things are going to be a little bit weird. I mean, Missouri pulled Luther Bird in, and he's been doing fantastic. He, there's another edge rusher going to Missouri this year, you know, like a five star. Um, and I, I just think like it might be a little different in the NIL era. If they can pay a guy and, and they want to prioritize a singular player, um, you know, and we'll see because Burden being from Missouri is an, I mean, I don't know if Missouri's ever had a first round receiver running back or quarterback like ever, uh, but he's producing. He looks great. He was a great recruit. He should test well. I mean, all those things are still going to be in play. So, you know, we'll see, but I, I'm not going to knock it quite so much. We love the player. There's no smoke around it. It's not like he was committed somewhere else, I don't think, and then got pushed out or something, which is always something I look for as well, like where they committed to, you know, Ohio State, and then, like, there's whispers that, like, they actually got pushed out of the class and wound up at Kentucky or something like that. So um, as long as there's nothing like that, you know, I think he was legitimately recruited by everybody else. He just chose to go to Texas Tech. Yeah, so, I think his dad played football there. Okay, there. I mean, there's another reasonable thing. My biggest fear is when you've got this guy that everyone thinks is a total stud, and you know he goes somewhere, and the re like we are you know unusual, and then the reason is like, well, was he re did he did the other teams back off? You know, we never quite know the story, but that's always my assumption because I always have a hard time believing when Georgia, Oklahoma. Bama and Ohio State are knocking and USC are knocking down your door that you want to go to Texas Tech. But in the NIL era, I do think that could be something we see differently. Um, and then we've got uh, Jonathan Paler. He's kind of a do-it-all guy going to uh, remind me again, UNC, right? Or NC State? NC State. NC State doing his thing, uh, catching 23 for 404. That's quite a lot, 17 yards per reception. <laughs> Um, uh, it's rushing. It's he, oh, he that's plays. Right. Yeah, that's right. He's like yeah. a slot playing a lot of running back. Yeah, he he just he 
you know, in other seasons, I think he's played a little bit more wide receiver, but this year he's mostly just, you know, lining up straight up a tailback for him. He's a, he's a really, really well built, like, you know, five foot eight, like, uh, I think he's 180 pounds at that height, which mm. is pretty dense at someone this age. I guess it remains to be seen what he'll play at UNC. I mean, there's no, we, I mean, he may be some kind of hybrid or they, yeah, just... I imagine he'll be more of like a gadget kind of guy. Okay. And then we've got some commitments. I mean, number one, I think in terms of just name recognition, Draylon Miller decommitted from Texas A&M, where they had two nice commitments with Cam Coleman and Draylon Miller, and now it's just uh, Cam Coleman. Visited LSU last week. Apparently, USC, Georgia, Colorado on his radar. And I'm hearing a little bit that at least people are speculating DJ Lagway is, is talking to him in his ear hole. Um, so we'll see where that ends up, but he's a guy I've really liked. I mean, I dumped, dropped him down a little bit, but there was a time he was a top two or three receiver for me in this class. He just does it all. Um, and he's got a good, you know, 200 pound frame. Bosky Howard and Joseph Stone, uh, Howard commits to Louisiana. So we got a G five guy there, David, what do you like about him? Um, why is he notable here for us? You know, could be one of these G five standouts, I guess. Yeah, so Vosky Howard's a 98th percentile athlete, and he's going G5, so that's definitely interesting. Um, he's kind of a, he's kind of like these these weirdo guys like Taylor a little bit, and uh, you know like Bussy and um, like Derek McFall, these guys that are kind of like I guess yeah, you just call them what do you call them gadget guys I guess where it's they're not like super refined as route runners or whatever, but they're like pretty sweet after the catch and they. You know, it's going to be like sh- short passes that they can just kind of house. But I think going G5 is very is interesting for sure. Um, and Joseph Stone is just a guy. I It sounds like the staff kind of pushed him out a little bit. Um, yeah, from LSU, yeah. yeah, he's kind of been out all year with an injury, like a, a leg injury. And he, he really had a big sophomore year. But then he had um, a transfer issue, I believe, last season. And he... Didn't I think Peeling played like half the year? Didn't really produce too highly, and so he's just sort of like waned off. And I think since they're obviously LSU is very interested in Draylon Miller, adding him, they just they have like too many guys. And I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna if he goes G5, I might be someone interested. But just they gotta monitor. Okay. All right, and Matt, I'm going to give you the floor for David Mitchell. Uh, this is a guy we've seemed to talk about in some form or fashion, whether it be a mock draft or these updates. He's having a nice season. He reclassified, so he's going to be very young, tight end, going to uh, Oklahoma, I believe. And you really like this guy, so tell us what's going on for, with his last game here as you roll the clip. Uh, yeah, we don't have any full season stats on um, on. He's playing at Los Alamitos now, but for some reason it's just not available. But I mean, uh, especially compared to some of these other tight ends we're going to talk tonight. I mean, uh, seven catches, 148 yards, and one touchdown, uh, and one game for a tight end is pretty good. And 21 per catch, uh, down the field threat. He's not uh, an uber athlete like some of these other uh, big name tight ends in the class, but I feel like he's uh, one of the most well balanced. Just has one of the better overall skill sets. Good blocker, good route runner, good hands. Uh, good after the catch. So I, I feel like it's pretty safe in that regard. Also, Oklahoma is a pretty decent uh, tight end landing spot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you've been on him from the moment he reclassified. You were all over uh, Mitchell. So 
we we like that. Um, Christian Bettenker, um, David, he broke a record. So you got a couple record breakers here on the show tonight. Um, I guess it's that time of the year. We're getting close to the end of the high school season. Uh, what what did he do that makes us want to take a look? I mean, he's like a four star. I think he's fairly highly rated. Yeah, he's a four star going to Clemson. He plays in uh, a small district, I feel, in Illinois. Um, so he just hit 203 career receptions for that league that he's in. Um, he's just about to – he may have actually passed Treadwell. I believe this was two two games ago where I saw his tweet, uh, one or two games ago. So he either has passed Laquan Treadwell or is about to. Another, A couple other guys he passed was uh, – I don't know if you guys remember CJ Fedorowicz, I think his name was. Uh, yeah, played it, I think, Iowa, right? Iowa. Yeah. yeah, he was Iowa third third rounder. Didn't, he had like one solid year in the NFL. But And then um, PJ Fleck was the other guy. I was, thought that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> so I think he just passed him. Um, so, yeah, just uh, big-time production. Uh, he – the weirdest thing is he didn't get an offer from Notre Dame. I still don't understand what – I don't really get why because kind of checks all the boxes. Like Catholic school, uh, 4.3 GPA, super smart, uh, super productive. He's he's a 62nd percentile athlete, which is – you know, it's good. It's not amazing, but it's good. Um, so it's a little peculiar. I don't know what that's all about. Also, is absent of some of the SEC offers like Alabama and Georgia, which you prefer to see probably. But, you know, he's got the Iowa offer. He's got Ohio State offer, Penn State, stuff. So um, just a guy that's been a mega producer. So, you know, another guy that people should watch his senior tape. I, I like the senior tape quite a bit. So, Okay, I like that. Um, <clears throat> Matt, we got a commitment to Oregon Roger Sealapaga. Um, I have not really looked at him too much. I just pulled him up here. He's out of Utah, and he's not listed at 200 pounds, so a little nervous about that for a tight end prospect. Um, any Anything here about him going to Oregon? Who, you know, Terrence um, – what's his name? Terrence uh, Ferguson. Ferguson has been okay, not this year. He was a little bit better last year. He's kind of – He just got uh, hurt last game too, so okay. fortunate. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, he's, he's got a, a, a future here. Uh, I mean, I don't like him more than um. Oh, oh man, who was the tight end last class? I'm blanking on him for Oregon. Sadiq, uh, Kenny and Sadiq, yeah. Oh, Sadiq, yeah. Yeah, I, I do prefer Sadiq more, you know, over him. But I, I, Sally Piaga has like really, really good ball skills. I think that was a really big standout uh, in his film. He's got very good length. He's just mossing people out there. Uh, you know, probably not the best tester. I don't think we have any numbers on him, but you know, I wasn't able to get a mile per hour on him. He just, you know, doesn't really look the part there on tape. Uh, and he's just got a ton of weight to add. I'd almost wish he would just, you know, just stay at wide receiver at this point. Because, you know, if he's already not, uh, you know, a tester, adding, you know, 30, 40 pounds more onto that frame, it's, uh, yeah. I imagine, it might be a difficult transition for him. Fair enough, fair enough. And we got two big names. We haven't really been very negative on this show. But there are two big names that just, you know, kind of aren't, doing it right now guys that we've drafted in our mock drafts we've been excited about them Jaden Riddell and Landon Thomas both not really doing what we'd love to see uh through five games Riddell 18 258 and three and Thomas 19 252 and two through six games 
So these guys are like looking at, you know, 50 yards a game. They're not really dominating. Uh, David, we thought this was such a great tight end class all year long. Been drafting, you know, five, six tight ends in four rounds uh, in our mocks. What's going on here? We have any explanation or any concerns? I don't know exactly what's going on. with. I'm speculating that Riddell is dealing with an injury. Um, Cause I, th- I, he didn't register any stats two games ago. And then last game he had two carries for two yards and that's it. I don't, hmm. I did find a highlight from three games ago where he, he caught this, he jumped up, caught this ball and like landed really hard on his shoulder and he, he got up pretty gingerly. So I, maybe he's playing through an injury. So may, or he's just all of a sudden he sucks. I don't, I really don't know, but. That does seem less likely. I mean, to be honest, that's, it seems that's less likely. These guys just all of a sudden suck one week, you know, like yeah. for no reason. But I mean, he's 95th percentile athlete in our database. He's, he's. I think he's in tier two for me. I don't, I, even though he's not producing like we'd like to see, I, I just don't see him really moving down all the way to tier three. So it's not really worth talking about too much, even though I just did. Landon Thomas is... Yeah, Landon Thomas, he like Nikar is like the super producer on that team right nice. now. Uh, he's getting all the hype on that team. He's I've just cooled on him. I think the services have cooled on him, and that's like one thing you don't want to see for a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody did a someone looked at that at one point. I can't remember who it was, but it's a pretty bad sign if your ranking starts to drift off at you know throughout the process. But he's just kind of like in our he's a 10th percentile athlete. Some of those some of those testing numbers are probably pretty old. Like the agility numbers are are so bad it's just I don't know. They don't it doesn't really make sense to me. Like I think his three cone was like eight point nine or something, which is just like would be like the worst of all time. Yeah. So <laughs> I I you kind of gotta take that out a little bit. He's not that bad of an athlete, but he's pretty I think he's kind of mediocre in that regard. Like he's like a six, a six, six wingspan. It's just like 35th percentile. It's just, I don't know, size, athleticism, production. It's, it's all sort of middle of the pack, but I, it, you know, I urge everyone to go watch his tape. If you love his tape and that's what matters most. So that's kind of what it comes down to. Matt, you know, I'll, I'll give you the last word here. Anything, any concerns with the tight end class with some of these guys not doing as much? And we've been touting this as like such a deep, great tight end uh, draft for, for fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with pretty much everything David said there. The class, you know, has definitely fallen a good bit for me. Uh, Reddell was a tier one tight end for me at one point. That is, you know, not the case anymore, especially after uh, seeing these numbers the other day. So uh, I definitely think there's concern, especially heading into such a crowded Georgia tight end room uh, where he will be by far the highest, you know, best athlete in that room still. So he will have that advantage there. But, uh, you know, it's definitely concerning just seeing him not produce. I mean, he's he's playing it. You know, it's good competition in Missouri, but he still should just be, you know, totally just out athleting all of these guys. And uh, Landon Thomas, I've kind of been – souring on for a little bit now like david said i i think especially at tight end you really need that higher end athleticism to you know be a high-end draft pick at the position so uh i you know even with the outdated numbers it's going to be hard for him to make that you know high enough jump for him to really be uh 
you know, in uh, a good enough category. Okay. I think that's all pretty reasonable. I agree with you on, you know, I think tight end and running back are the two spots like athleticism really matters, uh, especially when we're projecting all the way to the next level. Okay. That is our update. A lot of good nuggets in here. Uh, but this class in general continues to be a little bit uh, weak. We've got some receivers we really like. Quarterback all of a sudden looks a little bit better. I mean, we have three pretty good-looking QBs. That's about as much as you can ask from any given class. Um, but running back and now tight end starting to kind of go the wrong way for us. But there will be gyms. There will be gyms, uh, you know, that we can't even foresee right now. So uh, we'll keep doing it. And we'll see you guys next week. This has been the official. Thanks, guys.